It's the weekend, so relax and listen to some stories the whole family can enjoy. That's right, it's the Saturday Story Circle, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Chapter 8 The Consolidated Charities Building was in the North End, on a street that Abigail had never been to or even heard of. Out here it was mostly pavement and light industrial companies, with large parking lots which mostly sat empty. It took Abigail several minutes to find something suitable to lock her bike to, but she felt slightly silly doing it, as there wasn't a single person anywhere to be seen, just grey concrete baking in the heat of the day. There was no one at the front desk when Abigail walked in, but she could hear some voices down the hallway. There was a bell above the door, and she opened it and closed the door again, to make it ring a second time. No one appeared, and the voices abruptly stopped talking. Abigail frowned, uncertain of what to do next. The situation felt strange, and Abigail tried to be careful when she was working alone. "'Is that you, David?' a woman's voice called from down the hall. "'I don't think so,' Abigail called back, keeping her grip on the door handle, just in case. A small round woman appeared from a doorway down the hall and to the left, and Abigail instantly felt better about the entire situation. The woman was about her mother's age, with her hair piled on top of her head in a slightly haphazard fashion— and a pair of glasses perched above her forehead, in the way that people sometimes do right before they ask you if you know where their glasses are. She seemed flustered, and was quickly brushing her fingertips together as she walked, as if Abigail had interrupted some midday snack. Mm, "'I'm sorry, sweetie,' the lady said as she approached, covering her mouth a little, suggesting that there was still something in it and she didn't wish to be rude. Mm, "'I thought you were somebody else. Are you here by yourself?' Abigail said that she was, and the woman seemed surprised. "'How did you get all the way out here?' she asked. Abigail had noticed that people who drove everywhere often thought that it would be physically impossible to bike or walk to wherever they were, which was how they justified never attempting it. The Consolidated Charities Building was not really that isolated, but Abigail was not here to shatter the woman's illusions, so she just replied that she had come by bicycle.' The woman peered over Abigail's shoulder as if she could see the bike, which, of course, she could not. "'Is your bike outside?' she asked. "'It's locked up to a sign,' Abigail said. "'Oh, oh why don't you just bring it in?' the lady offered. I "'I'd hate for anything to happen to it.' "'I don't really see anybody around,' Abigail said. The lady nodded wisely. "'That's why they wouldn't think twice about stealing it.' Why don't you just bring it on in? Abigail thought that this was unnecessary. It was true that people milling around was a good deterrent to a theft, but she couldn't imagine that anyone could make a very good living walking around the industrial area with a pair of bolt cutters in case any private detectives happened to park their bicycles here. But she had found that when people offer what they think is a nice gesture— it was usually easier to go along with it than to patiently explain why it was unnecessary. 
Abigail did not really want to bring her bike up the stairs, at least until she found out for certain if she was in the right place. But she did want the woman to be in the mood to answer some questions, not feeling that she was talking to a rude and ungrateful girl. So she thanked the lady and brought her bicycle inside. When Abigail's bicycle was safely stowed off to one side of the small lobby, the lady looked much more relaxed and pleased with herself. It certainly appeared that the woman was quietly thinking about how helpful she was to this strange girl who had arrived at her door by some means other than a car, and Abigail hoped that this self-satisfaction would lead her to help find Jeremy's things. "'Are you here for Carl?' the lady asked with a nice smile. "'I don't know,' Abigail admitted. "'I'm not even sure that I'm in the right place.' "'Are you a volunteer?' the lady asked, with a gentle shake of her head that she didn't seem to be entirely aware of. "'Not exactly,' Abigail replied. "'Not exactly?' The woman frowned, confused. "'By which I mean not at all,' Abigail said, nodding. "'Maybe I should explain.' And then she told the lady as much as she needed to know about Jeremy and the precious, precious junk from his childhood. The lady's smile gradually melted from her face. Oh, oh dear, she said once or twice as Abigail spoke, and then again when she appeared to be finished. You know, this kind of thing does happen every once in a while. Boys like your brother should know when they leave things behind in their parents' house, their parents do have the right to clear them out or, or to donate them. Consolidated charities can't be responsible. I'm not here to make trouble, Abigail said gently, cutting the woman off. My brother has a lot of respect for the work that you do. It was a small lie, but a harmless one. If Jeremy had actually done more than glance at their website, he probably would respect the work they do, as long as he got his things back. In any case, it had the desired effect, as the woman seemed to relax a little. He's completely willing to buy things back, if it helps the cause, Abigail continued. We're just trying to find everything before it disappears. The lady nodded and smiled. Well, that's very thoughtful, dear, she said. I just don't know how much we're going to be able to help. I think they just had a sorting day. A sorting day? Abigail said, fairly certain that she knew what that was, but not wanting to assume too much. Yes, dear, the lady said. We don't need a lot of hands here every day. There are a couple of crews that handle pickups around town. I don't know exactly how many. When things build up down in the dock, they call in the volunteer teams, and they sort through what's come in and, and send it off to various stores around town. I think they just had one the other day. Do you think we could check? Abigail asked politely. The lady sighed a little, but not in a way that would make Abigail think she was cross. She opened a drawer in the desk in front of her and took out a large ring of keys and pointed Abigail toward a door to her right that led to the rest of the building. She turned her head and called back down the hallway as she left. Carl, I'm going to the loading dock. Watch the door, she called. Someone who Abigail could not see said something that sounded like they agreed. Oh, there's a bike in the lobby, the lady called again just before the door closed. It isn't a donation. The voice called out again, and Abigail felt almost certain that it said, "'Okay,' before the door closed behind her. And Abigail was in a long gray hallway with a mechanical hum in the air. 
She followed the lady from the desk to the far end of the hall, their footsteps echoing in the bare space. The lady opened the door at the far end and walked down a metal staircase into a much larger room. There were two large loading doors, which were closed, and a number of tables and chairs still set up around the far end of the room, though they all stood bare and empty now. "'Ah, I was right,' the lady said. "'They must have just done a sorting day, or this place would be full of boxes and bags.' Abigail's heart sank a little, but she said nothing. "'Mickey!' the lady called, her voice bouncing around the concrete of the room. "'Mickey! Are you here?' "'Mickey's off!' a tall man in blue coveralls said, stepping out from a doorway on the other side of the room. The lady jumped a little, and then giggled at how silly she was. "'Oh, Russ, you scared the life out of me,' she said. "'Where's Mickey?' "'Mickey's off,' the man repeated, walking over toward the stairs as Abigail and the lady reached the bottom. "'He's off for two days.' "'Oh, dear,' the lady said, and repeated Abigail's story. The man in the coveralls was more moved by the story than the lady had been, and he took off his baseball cap in expression of his sympathy. "'Oh, man, I hate to hear that,' he said. "'My mom cleared out a bunch of my old stuff when I was that age. Got rid of all my old baseball cards.' Abigail nodded. "'The baseball cards are safe,' she said. "'Our dad looked after that. "'But there's a lot of stuff that's missing.' "'Russ sighed and scratched his head "'with the hand that was holding his baseball hat. "'Hard to say where particular things went,' he said. "'But different stores get different kinds of inventory. "'I might be able to point you in the right direction.' "'Abigail looked at her list. "'It was long, and she didn't get the feeling "'that there was going to be a lot of good information "'to come out of this. "'She decided to concentrate her efforts "'on the biggest part of her list, "'which was the long list of comic books, "'all carefully noted by title, volume, and value.' There were a whole bunch of comic books, she said. Where do those usually go? Russ shook his head. Nowhere, he said. Not any of the stores, anyway. None of them sell comics. The lady from the office blinked at him. Well, they must go somewhere, Russ, she said patiently. Russ nodded. Oh, sure, he said. There's a guy who runs a comic shop. He makes a regular donation, and every month he gets whatever comics have come in. Sometimes he gets nothing at all, and sometimes he gets a lot. Mickey looks after him. The lady nodded. Every little bit helps, she said with a small shrug. Do you know this man's name? Abigail asked. Or the name of his shop? Sorry, Russ said, scratching his head with his other hand this time, and then replacing his cap on his head. He's got red hair and glasses. <laughs> That's all I know. Mickey looks after him. He knows him. Abigail nodded. And Mickey is back in two days? she asked. I think so, Russ nodded. Abigail ran quickly through the rest of her list, but Russ was not much more helpful. Everything else on the list could have gone to one of a dozen thrift stores around the city, though he did mention three or four that had larger toy sections and often got more of the stock as a result. I'm sorry I can't help more, he said. It's a real shame. You tell your brother that I'm sorry, but I'm sure your mom meant well. Abigail nodded at Russ and the lady from the office. Thank you both for your time, 
she said. You've been very helpful. Are you in the mood for a good laugh? <laughs> Or maybe a good scream? How about some childlike wonder? Or a thought-provoking mystery? Then get your ears ready for a treat, because the Mutual Audio Drama Network presents shows every day for your enjoyment. Each day is a different genre featuring the talents of a huge pool of audio drama masters. Oh, and some clever comedy creators as well. <laughs> Subscribe to the Mutual feed and get them all, or choose the genres you really love. Ooh. You'll find the Mutual Audio Network at all your favorite places, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, EarBuddies, Podcast-O-Rama, Casting Call, Codpast, and wherever quality shows are found. Okay, I made a few of those up. Or simply go online to MutualAudioNetwork.com. And of course, it's all free. free. The Mutual Audio Drama Network. Listen. and imagine together maintaining social distancing of course